What is going on, guys, and welcome to another episode of the 5-1 Formation Podcast. My name is George, and I will be your host today. Joining me, as always, is Tommy and Anthony. Boys, hello again. And, and today, we are going to be covering some Bundesliga and some Serie A. So we'll start right away with <clears throat> Bundesliga uh, again. What more is to is there to say about this league? I mean, I feel like a broken record, repeating myself every time. And Bayern Munich, again, with another dominant performance. Tommy, I'll just pass it on to you because I know how much you love this team. Yeah. Specifically, specifically one player. I don't know. I think it's uh, Schwabert Schluengolski <laughs> getting another Hattie. That's putting him at 10 goals this season. We're not even at 10 games yet. If this kid, if this, I was about to say, I was about to call him a kid. If this guy continues this pace, who knows? Maybe he gets uh, over 30 goals again. We'll see. But dominant win, five nothing. Frankfurt were barely in the game, and apart from them winning five nothing, great game. They did suffer a massive loss to our boy Alfonso Davies, out now for six to eight weeks with an ankle injury. Ah, man, that's tough. Especially at a young age, especially after the season he had last season, being dominant, outstanding performances, and now being injured, it sucks, man. That happened this early in his career. Such a big injury. That I don't know what else to say about what you guys have to say about the game, but uh. um, I I will say this about uh, about Alfonso Davies. Uh, if if I'm right. Correct me if I am wrong, but he wasn't getting uh, as much playing time this season compared to last season. Yeah. So I think there was something that was going on uh, with him physically. Maybe he had like a little uh, nagging injury or whatnot. And I think by him starting this game, it maybe uh, aggravated it because we did see what's his name? Uh, Lucas Hernandez starting a lot on the left. And we were all wondering what was going on with with our boy Alfonso Davies. So I don't know, maybe it was a injury that already existed and he aggravated it. Yeah. It sucks to see him go out, yeah. but Bayern should be okay without him. Actually, they, they are okay without him because mm-hmm. they, they won in such dominant fashion as always. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show also that the, the, the depth that Bayern has is just just as good as the starting 11. Anthony, I don't know if you wanted to add to that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it shows how even on their bench, their bench alone could probably beat half of teams in the, even in the CL, uh, if you want to go that far too. So uh, that's how dominant they are from top to bottom, staff, coaching, everything. They, uh, they attract a numerous amount of players, hence why they have a, such a dominant bench, you know, and they have uh, these... They've come up with these incredible bargains for some of these players, too. So uh, they're a monster house team. And for Davies' point of view, I mean, it's it's something that you have to go through in your career. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, man. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's uh, you have to fight adversity. And it makes you uh, who you are as a person. It's going to grow you as a person and even as a player. And uh, uh, you might even become even better than what he is now. So uh, 
I hope him uh, hope he recovers very quickly and we'll hope to see him back uh, quickly on the field again. Knowing uh, Germany and their doctors and their staff and everything, they're going to get him back within two weeks. He's going to come back looking yeah, like few... Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> two pints a week. Two pints yeah. a day, rather, sorry. <laughs> and also, before we, before we move on from uh, Bayern Munich, Leroy Sané comes back after a month off from injury, comes in, second half, and gets a goal right where he left off. This is another kid that uh, suffered an injury last season, a pretty big one, season ending. So hopefully now the Bayern team, I know they're deep, but hopefully their star players do stay healthy for the long run because they're an exciting team to watch, especially scoring over five goals a game, four goals here and there like nothing. Yeah, but they're good. <laughs> they're good enough. Don't worry. Oh, for sure, for sure. And uh, if you're thinking Alfonso Davies is going to end up looking like Brock Lesnar, I will correct you, and he's going to end up looking like fucking Bobby Lashley. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big boy. Right, so, move, yeah, so moving right along to Dortmund defeating Schalke in a pretty one-sided game, winning 3-0. And, of course, once again, another gigantic player in the Bundesliga, Erling Haaland getting on the score sheet again. I mean, what else? What else? What else can we say about this team? Uh, well, Dortmund this season and, and last season also, you see that they have games where they come out, they'll win three nothing, four nothing. Then the week after, they'll lose or tie. So hopefully, after this three nothing win, and you saw all the all the players are motivated, howling, jumping on everyone when he scored. When ha when Hummel scored the header. Pushes him, yells in his face, hugs him. So you know that the team loves to win. They love being on this, uh, on the winning side, scoring uh, goals, not conceding any, keeping a clean sheet. Hopefully this momentum starts. They learn from their mistake last season. And I don't know. I just don't want another season like this with Dortmund. But as long as Haaland plays and he's healthy, you know that they're going to score. And Diesel? Yeah, I mean, not, not much more to add there. I mean, uh, the most important thing for everyone to stay healthy on that team specifically, too, because uh, they have the options there. But sometimes, I mean, for them, in their case, if they want to overthrow Bayern, everyone needs to stay healthy, you know? I mean, now it's, uh, it's a very tight race for the top three between them and Leipzig, them, Bayern, and Leipzig. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a nice uh, race to watch and keep an eye on for sure. So since we're uh, since we're like talking about Erling Haaland and what he brings to the table, I just kind of want to segue uh, a bit into his career and what's going on with him. So there are like numerous reports, who knows if they're real or not, uh, saying that uh, Manchester United have become. Uh, I know, I know. Don't laugh, Tommy. Don't laugh. But but Erling Haaland has been has become the number one target for. Uh, Manchester United. I want to know what your thoughts are on that. I want to know what you think. Is it a good, bad move? Tommy, we'll start with you. Well, even though I know there's no chance in hell he's ever going to play for Manchester United, it just it's looking like Man United know where they're suffering, apart from their defense because they're scrapped, where they're suffering, and that's a, a solid striker which they haven't had since Lukaku or Ibra that, that one season. But these rumors, it's like they went after Sancho. That was a flop. And I just going to Haaland 
It's like, stop looking at that. Fix your back, because that's where you know where the problem is. I don't understand why they want to splash cash on goals when you know that they have players to get these goals. Splash it on defense. Why Why names uh, like Upamakano and Koulibaly aren't uh, coming up in Manchester United's like uh, transfer window? I don't understand. I don't get it. Why they want to go after Holland? So, okay, let's just put this uh, hypothetically. Let's say this is... Uh... This is Erling Haaland's last season with, with uh, Borussia Dortmund. Do you see him going to United for whatever reason? No. At all? Cause, cause I don't I think so. Last, oh, go on. Sorry. My bad. Go ahead, Anthony. Take it away. No, I was just going to say I don't think so because for what – just in terms of, of, of history, and I know his dad played for City, right? And yeah. for, uh, for, I believe for Leeds as well. So, I mean, I don't know if he has some tie there to like, want to play for City. I know there was like, a picture of him in a City jersey because when his dad used to play for them uh, when he was still a kid. Um, maybe there might be some sentimental tie for him to go play for Man City. It might be a potential Aguero replacement. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why his release clause is there at only at 75 million euros. Uh, Mino Raiola wants to get as much funds for himself as possible. He doesn't give two fucks about his players. And and if Mino listens to this, bro, uh, that's the truth. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think media the media just stirs up a lot of things just to get that, uh, that clickbait, just to get people's attention. Uh, but it's going to be uh, – our eyes are definitely going to be on Howland, that's for sure. Yeah. And if and if he does continue the way he he's producing, let's just say, and if by any chance uh, they do very well in the season or they go very far in the Champions League, I'm sure he's going to be a crucial part to that success. All right, so moving right along to <clears throat> the first place team of the Bundesliga with RB Leipzig still undefeated this season, and they yeah. won 2-1 over Hertha Berlin. <laughs> And Upa Makanu getting his first goal of the season. Tommy, any remarks about this team? Not much to say. Just, they're proving me wrong. Because I thought they wouldn't be anywhere near the top. Because they had, coming back from losing uh, their star player, Timo Warner. I did not think they'd be this dominant to start the season. But hey, it feels good to, to get proven wrong sometimes. Especially from teams like Leipzig. And uh, Upa Makanu. Back on the score sheet, good to see him score. I have a soft spot for him. He's a solid defenseman. And yeah, good on Leipzig. Let's see if this train keeps on rolling. Anthony? Yeah, like I, like I was mentioning, I remember, I'm not too sure if it was towards the end. Well, actually, around the time where Timo finally uh, left Leipzig, where we were discussing how like, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't see, I didn't predict Leipzig having that much of a hard time with him gone. I mean, yes, he did score X amount of goals last year and was the number one uh, face for that team. But looking at it, taking a step back and looking at it, the team and the rest of the players they have on that team. And uh, my prediction was that everyone else was going to step up and no longer be in his shadow, which clearly is the case now because big players like Nkunku, Angelino was having an incredible start to the season. Um, Forsberg is finally coming out of the dark as he was a player that wasn't too consistent recently in the recent seasons. 
Poulsen is incredible. Sabitzer is an incredible talent as well. Dani Olmo is solid as well. They have the pieces to compete definitely in the top three. They're definitely going to finish top three. But he, if they remain like this and they somehow figure out a way to shut Bayern down uh, defensively, I mean, you know, the possibilities are endless. I mean, if they continue like this, it's going to be a, a, an absolute thriller when they go against Bayern. But it's, uh, yeah. it will be a tough one, that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, I think that's all we have for Bundesliga. Uh, I think we can move right along to some Serie A action. And we're going to get right into it, guys, with a wild game between Roma and AC Milan ending a 3-3 draw with a lot of controversy from the, uh, the referee who ended up getting <clears throat> suspended for one month due to errors that were made in that match. Uh, there was penalties given away for both teams. Uh, Anthony, I want to know what your take is on the refereeing and and the game. Yeah, it was a very controversial game. It was well, first of all, in terms of entertainment, it was a very back and forth game. Uh, it was fun to watch. Um, it was awesome to see Zlatan having a breeze again. That's uh, this guy's an ageless legend, man. It's it's unbelievable, honestly, and. Uh, and also, I want to correct myself. I believe it was not too sure if it was a few episodes ago where I said that Rafael Leal was Brazilian. It was my bad. He's Portuguese. Um, close enough. He's going to be. Uh, he's in it. Close Same enough. thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to. He's going to be an incredible talent uh, in the future. The, the sky's the limit for him. He got two apples that game, and he's looking to be an incredible stud for Milan in the future, along with the rest of their prospect pool that they already have. Yeah. Um, but back on that, um, the refereeing in this game, it was it was unbelievable. Some of the calls, some of the penalties that were called were super questionable, very soft, were completely unneeded. And he didn't look like he had a handle on that game at all. And I'm glad that uh, the league took action and decided to suspend him and the, and the VAR official for one month. And I hope this leads to some precedence for the, up, for the, the rest of the season and for the different leagues as well, like EPL. Bundesliga La Liga as well, and they uh, reevaluate a game where there was a lot of calls that were made. Then, like, take a step back and let's say, or were they actually correct ones? And maybe take disciplinary action on that referee or whatnot. You know, if it was really that bad or that controversial. And hopefully, everyone else follows suit. And because uh, yeah, that's a, I'm happy to see that honestly. Yeah, Tommy, any anything to to add about uh, about referee? for poor decision-making for the games? Yeah, I'm actually very happy that this finally happened. It only took the thousandth controversial call to, to be put into play. Like we saw, week in, week out, every weekend, we're always talking about VAR. We're talking about that shouldn't have been a penalty shot, and it was. It costed a team three points, or even a point for a draw. So it's in a, we're going in the good direction now. Like Anthony said, said it perfectly. Hopefully other teams now follow. They see this. Like, especially EPL, you see, week in, week out, we, there's always something happening in a game with VAR. Whether it's a bad penalty shot call, an offside that's literally like this. Like, I'm happy that uh, they're coming into play. And to add on to Anthony, Zlatan, this guy, three games into the season, has six goals. Scored a brace each game. Like, he can't be stopped. No matter what age he is, he's not going to stop. George? I really like I really like seeing that uh, like you said Rafael Leao and uh, he's he's been 
he's had a great start to the season, and I really like him and Zlatan linking up. They've been linking up very well this season. Uh, very good to see a rejuvenated uh, AC Milan, something that we haven't seen in many, many, many years. And it's good to see that maybe this year they could actually contend for the title. I will say this for that game specifically. Uh, Donnarumma, the head, the head, uh, the starting goalie, uh, goalkeeper for AC Milan, was out due to COVID-19 related issues. So it sucks for them. And I feel like it did play a part in the result because the backup goalie, I can't remember his name right now, did make some errors and it kind of costed uh, AC Milan. Yeah, it was the uh, backup goalie is uh, Kata Rusanu, um, who used to be a goalkeeper for Fiorentina back in uh, a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, it's honestly, it's very cool to see Milan, to see uh, right now sitting in first place. I think they've gone, I think I saw on Twitter, like maybe 20 games undefeated so far uh-huh. in the last few games. Um, so they're off, they're still undefeated. They're off to a great start. Hopefully they continue. That was a massive result for them to get at least a point against Roma because they're, uh, Roma are definitely having no issue scoring goals this season. That's for sure. Um, so our eyes are definitely going to be on Zlatan and his boys and Pioli and his boys. That's for sure. All right. And also, that was Rebic too. So imagine. Yeah. It's uh, Rebic injured, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't forget the guy that has the same birthday as <laughs> cough, cough, Mr. Tommy Sabos. Same day, same <laughs> year, everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving right along to Andrea Pirlo and Juventus not getting the result that they want, uh, getting a, a point each with Hellas Verona. Anthony, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I will say this, though, uh, with a lot of players that are uh, crucial players that are missing in the in the in the starting lineup or coming back to the starting lineup. I will say this. If Andrea Pirlo is doing this now, OK, granted, getting a point, uh, getting a point is not really what you want. You obviously want to get the three points, but at least at least they're not losing. I could say that for Andrea Pirlo, it's it could only get better for them. I don't know if you agree. I want your intake on that. I agree. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's a new team, new coach, and the coach is first time coaching a new team. Oh, first, sorry, first time coaching any team, rather. Yeah. So it's also new players as well. We got some new players added onto the team that were uh, they're getting to know each other and trying to build chemistry with one another and trying to implement that system that Pirlo wants to implement into each other. So for sure, there's growing pains. It's only normal. So um, that's why I'm not, I'm not having that much of an expectation from them, despite being who they are, who Juventus is. Because at the end of the day, and, and Andrea Pirlo is learning as he goes. Every game that passes by, you know, he's trying to get as much um, vision and some wisdom from his veterans on the team, and as well from the uh, upper management as well. So. I'm being extremely patient with with uh, with him, so I have no issue there. And uh, in terms of that game, I mean, there was a lot of like chances where it wasn't converted. Like Quadrado hit the crossbar, Dybala hit the crossbar, Murata is back to back weekends now where his fucking fungus on his toenail was offside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's ridiculous of how tight it was, you know, and it's super frustrating to see, but. 
And the goal that Hellas Verona sco- scored was, I don't want to solely blame on him, but but he has been struggling uh, in the last two seasons for Juve. Bernadeschi was absolutely lost during this game. Uh, he gave the ball away, which led to the Hellas Verona taking a 1-0 lead. Um, then again, also the mids weren't reactive enough to recuperate that uh, loss in possession. But I'm happy with our response. After that goal, right away, Pirlo subbed off Bernadeschi and brought on Kulusevski, who was evidently the difference maker on that team. He has such a quirky way of moving, has such an odd way of moving, and uh, but at the same time, he's so elegant on the ball, and he managed to uh, at least solidify a point for us. Um, which is not that much of a... Like, it's not, obviously, we want the three points, but also we have to respect Ellis Verona as a team because they weren't urgent. Maybe from the beginning, they weren't they weren't energetic at all to start off the game. And they only started playing urgently when it was 1-0 Ellis Verona, which I don't want to see. I don't want, to, I don't want them to see... I don't want them to react only when they're down by a goal to start playing properly, you know, yeah. and not uh, have wasted chances like that, rather. So... But also, Els Verona is a very solid team. They've only conceded once prior to this game. Uh, 1-0 loss against uh, Parma. Before that, they've uh, kept a clean sheet up until now. So they're a very well-organized team. And uh, I'm very excited to see what happens against Juve against Barca tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. We, we will stay tuned for that. And just a quick comment about that game tomorrow. Uh, Juventus have, uh, have stated that they will be ronaldo list because he is still carrying uh, COVID-19, obviously. Uh. It's more than two weeks now, if, uh, if, if, I, if, I, if memory yeah. serves me right. Mm-hmm. So, very unfortunate. It, it would have been a crazy, crazy scene to see both Ronaldo and Messi on the field again. But... Life has its way of working, and I guess not right, not not this instant right now. Next game, hopefully next game they both stay healthy. We will see what happens. I mean, everyone else has to step up. You know, everyone else has to step up. You can't solely rely on him. Uh, I know Dybala this game specifically uh, was very rusty. You can tell he hasn't played. So hopefully he uh, he got that rust worn off during that game and gets ready for tomorrow and because we're definitely going to need him to be the difference maker. Uh, just honorable mention very quickly during that game was uh, Mary de Miral, who's an absolute wall. He's an absolute beast. His passion defensively is is what I'm looking forward to in the future because him and De Litt are definitely going to be the future center backs for, for Juve. Bonucci is he's, he's regressing now, man. He's a lot of, there's a lot of questionable decisions that he makes mm-hmm. that turn out to be dangerous and go the other way for us like mistiming headers and stuff like that you know little easy easy defensive plays that he's not used like not usually making mistakes for you know so uh uh the and the and demiral are definitely going to be the future for for uv uh for our center backs and hopefully the comes back very soon alexandro as well we definitely need them for sure yeah Hopefully, good things will come to Juventus, and hopefully they come sooner rather than later. All right, so my last point of tonight would be a very exciting team that we like to talk about a lot. Exciting offensively, uh, Gasparini and Atalanta coming back, uh, 
with two back-to-back losses, suffering a defeat 3-1 to Sampdoria. Um, yeah. So like I said, they, they, they are a team that looks phenomenal going forward, but the defense doesn't seem to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what do you got to say about that? Uh, I I agree, man. I don't think I think the the spotlight is definitely being uh, put on the Atalanta defense, especially in the last two games because they got absolutely annihilated by Napoli, and now again against Sampdoria as well. Um, who's shout out to them because they they beat Lazio prior to this weekend, right? Last weekend they beat Lazio. I believe it was two uh, one, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to them for having two. No, sorry, they won three zero. They beat Fiorentina two one. Sorry, so yeah. three amazing performances in a row by Sampdoria. Uh, the Claudio Ranieri effect, if you uh, if you want to call it that. Good, uh, but uh, but Atalanta, honestly, I mean, like you said, George, they're incredible when they're on the counter when they're going when they're pressing offensively because they have the talent. That's that's no question, but. They might need to reevaluate because they have the wingbacks. Adebor and Gosens are phenomenal wingbacks to have. But players like Palomino, uh, Jimisti, if I'm pronouncing that properly, and Toloi, I mean, are they that solid as they expect them, to, as they panned out to be, like they wanted to be? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It's a long season, so hopefully, I guess Gasparini will figure out a way to develop them and make them a lot more solid defensively because they can't afford to like pop in goals and concede goals like, at this rate because you're definitely like you're definitely not gonna finish that high in the standings if you continue at this rate that's for sure yeah Tommy no man Anthony nailed it on the head Atalanta we said even last season they're the most exciting team to watch they were scoring over three goals a game like it was nothing but we always shined the light on their defense, and we knew that that was lacking, not the wingbacks. They're two center backs. So I don't know if come uh, the winter transfer window, the January transfer window, if they want to make any changes, make a last-minute buy, probably bring in someone with more experience to teach these uh, people, to teach, to teach their defense how to be more solid, defend properly, be more aware. Hopefully something like that changes because... I hate to see a team like Atlanta now regress at this time of the season. And, yeah, I feel for them. All right. Uh, I think you guys have covered Atlanta pretty well. I just hope that, uh, like, yeah, like you guys said, they can fix their, defense, their defensive area because, like we've said countless times, they're a fantastic team going forward. And they play pretty football. Let's just be honest. They do play, play very pretty football. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick shout out before we end the podcast or this segment, I should say. Napoli versus Benevento Calcio and both. And I didn't even know this. And I'm pretty sure you don't know this uh, either, Tommy. Insigne has a brother. And he plays yeah, for Benevento I, Calcio. Yeah. And both Insignias ended up scoring that game. So I thought that was a, a nice thing to see. Uh, I had no idea that uh, Lorenzo Insigne had a brother. No. no. When Anthony wrote it in the chat, I was lost. I looked back. I'm like, wait, wait a second. Who scored? Who's brother? <laughs> <laughs> I had to check for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, uh, it's it's Lorenzo's younger brother, Roberto, who scored. Uh, and thank God Lorenzo 
responded back because uh, probably at the family dinners where he was going to get roasted. So uh, <laughs> it was good on Lorenzo for popping in the goal. Not only a, a goal, it was an incredible fucking finish that he did outside the box with his weak foot bar down. So yeah. he told his little brother to uh, take it easy. <laughs> relax. <laughs> And uh, and just quick quick, Napoli did end up winning that game two to one with uh, all yeah with Insigne scoring and an odd ball out of it, Patania getting on and sco- and and scoring, who they just recently acquired this summer too. Yeah, they're all rolling, man. Napoli's rolling all cylinders, and uh, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. That's for sure. Coolio. All right, that's going to be it for tonight and for this segment of Bundesliga and Serie A. As always, guys, thank you very much for tuning in and supporting and following. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can listen on YouTube and Spotify. Thank you very much, guys. God bless.